Hello, 大家好，我是 Teacher Lydia， 欢迎来到国际聊天室。Hey everyone, I'm Teacher Lydia. You're listening to International Talk. 今天的来宾是阿妈，因为有人说我们长得很像，所以我都会把他称为我弟弟。那我弟弟阿妈呢？他是一位在英国长大的人，但是他父母是埃及人。今天我们会聊聊英国人的刻板印象，在两个不同文化长大的影响，还有小时候搬家的经验。最后会聊聊他来台湾的心得。Today's guest is Ahmad. Many people think that we look alike, so I started referring to him as my little brother. <laughs> He's English with Egyptian parents. In today's conversation, we talk about English stereotypes, growing up with two opposite cultures, the influence of moving around as a child, and his experience in Taiwan. So, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome, Ahmad. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you. So, why don't we start by telling everyone、um, where are you from? I'm from the UK, but my parents were born in Egypt. Interesting. We're going to dive into that a bit more later. And which countries have you lived in? I've lived in the UK. The UAE. I was in Beijing for a time, and now I'm in Taiwan. Exciting! So many different, very different, actually, environments. I feel those are all very different parts of the world. The weather is totally different in all of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not happy with the weather in Taiwan right now. It's horrid.、Uh, it's the coldest May I've ever had. It is freezing. I'm still soaked now,、yeah. like from outside, and that's from running from the subway station to the studio. I got soaked just from going from my Seven Eleven into my Uber. Like it was like a、God. one step. Two steps, maybe, and I still got soaked. Did you have an umbrella? I did, but like, get, you know that awkward moment you're like getting in the car, and then、uh, it's like, do I open the umbrella? Do I close it? But I have to get in the car, but I have to close it. I don't want to bring the open umbrella into the taxi, and then like him get mad at me. So I'm like, yeah. And then th- this, this is the kind of rain where like it joins you in the. Yeah, the I felt really bad because I'm like, the seat is definitely wet. I was like, I'm sorry,、yeah. I tried. It's nasty weather.、Probably. So having lived in so many countries, what languages do you speak? I speak English natively. I've studied Chinese for God knows how long. So, according to the Taiwanese government, I'm fluent. Do I feel that way? I'm not so sure. And I understand Egyptian Arabic fairly well. My grammar is not so great, and I studied French for a while, so I still understand it, reading it, and a bit listening. But I would say that's my weakest. I've heard your French. I mean, not that my French is great, but I've heard you speak French, and it sounded like it's conversational. It was at one point. It's very rusty. I haven't spoken it in like seven years,、oh, so、okay. I've forgotten a lot. But I still understand it, reading it. But I think that's because it's so close to English. Right.、So. Do you still do you speak Arabic with your parents? No, not <laughs> you guys at all. Speak English at home. Yeah. So、um, how did you learn Arabic? I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> um, I I, th- I think I learned it from like. Overhearing my mum on the phone, but the weird thing is, is that I don't think I could understand it when I was living in the UAE because no one in the UAE actually speaks Arabic. But I seem to have learned it after. But it was never really a conscious process, so I don't know. You、how. didn't take class or anything. Um, I did, but that was for like the standard written, which is very different. It's kind of like speaking Cantonese and writing in Mandarin. The the、oh. the gap is quite big. Okay. So I can't really understand or remember anything from that period of time. Interesting. Okay. I've actually heard your Chinese, and I think your Chinese is really good. Thank you.、Um, how many、oh. years have you studied it? Did you say? I think about five or six years in total, because there were gaps here and there. Maybe six years now. I think that's pretty impressive then, because Chinese、oh. is a really hard language to like. I feel like it's Chinese has really good logic, so it's very easy to learn like basic sentences. But to、yeah. be able to actually understand it properly and have like a proper conversation, I feel like in Chinese is really hard. Thank you. I mean, to be honest, I there's like till now there's still times that people will say things to me, and I'm like, I don't understand anything. But even、um, I have that, and I I'm、yeah. supposedly. I mean, I can't. I couldn't really tell the difference between you and a, like someone who grew up here. Yeah, I mean, 
I still have moments where I'm like, did I understand that correctly? Is that is that word? Because I think, was it you who mentioned it earlier? Someone mentioned to me recently that learning Chinese is also about context. Yeah. And so sometimes it's like, if you miss one word or like a phrase, you're like, wait, the context could be different. And then you're like, wait, maybe maybe the phrase I heard is wrong. And then... Yeah, sometimes I'm like, did I just hear it wrong? Or do I just not understand what the talk... That was a problem yeah. I had a long for a long time. And then it took a while to figure out, no, I don't understand because what they're saying doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> or like they're, say, or they're like, they're making a joke and obviously I wouldn't understand. Right, jokes and uh, slang as well. Oh, yeah. Slang is really hard. Yeah, and there's all of that, like, this, like, internet language that I don't understand any yeah. of. And I would love to in future, but, but that requires keep, studying. They keep changing it. I know. Even my, like, Taiwanese friends, they're like, they'll say something, and, I'm, and then half of us will be like, what's that? And they're like, oh, it's the latest slang you don't know. And we're like, no. <laughs> I feel like, is it is it just because I don't know it, or does slang here move a lot faster than it does in the West? Perhaps I'm just not used to it. Maybe it moves faster here. I don't know. I feel like a lot more people are online here. True. So maybe that's why it goes faster, you know? Yeah. I remember I learned one phrase and then six months later, people were like, no one says no one says that anymore. And I was like, what? It's only been six months. I don't know. Have you ever used like the WeChat, like the WeChat stickers? They have that as well. Where like if you use certain stickers, it's very like passe. Really? But like it's in like in a matter of months sometimes or wow. even like faster. So I mean, I suppose it's kind of like if you use like something like all the things like hashtag winning. And if you said that now, it'd be ridiculous. Oh, um, right. Yeah, it's hard. Slang is hard. There's oh. no textbook that tells you. Or the textbooks that do are like out of date by the time they come yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. You just have to learn it online or on TV, media. But reading Chinese is so, so slow. <laughs> I don't know if you have that problem, but I have it. Where I want to read like, and I read like two paragraphs and I'm like, but I'm tired now. Yeah. I think it's the same for anyone reading any new language. Like when you, if you have yeah. to read in a language that you're not familiar with it just takes longer and it's just more tiring don't worry about it (laughs) anyway um what did you study at university i studied chinese and international relations interesting also explains i guess your language skills and then also having gone to beijing so that was part of your degree yes okay that was in my second year in your second year already they send you to china Mm. i I think that's actually better you know wow uh, because end of the first year, we probably knew about 800 characters. That's not a lot. No. I mean, I mean, that's like a very good base. But in the second year, it was like a very intensive course. So I remember like calculating at some point. So I was like, wow, I speak Chinese only for at least seven or eight hours a day. And if you do that over a whole year, then it really makes it Chinese like rocket. Yeah. Uh, or any language, really. So I, I think that's great. And I kind of don't understand why more unis don't do that in terms of like boosting your language ability. Because then... In like third and fourth year, we could read like quite complex documents, like mm-hmm. government documents that I'm not sure I would have had the time to have done if it was just in the space of a year when you're like, I need to make sure I get good grades and that kind of thing. Yeah, when it's more about the tests and not about the actual yeah. usage. That makes sense. My interviewees that I've had so far, whenever we talk about la- language learning, they always say like, the ones who've learned it really fast were thrown in the deep end. <laughs> oh my God, that, that is Beijing. That's exactly how I describe yeah. it. But I love that. Yeah, that's, that's I think why I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, but uh, I think it also depends on your personality because some people I feel like if you did that true. they would panic. You're a fast swimmer, <laughs> as they say. Yeah, I suppose so. I I love being slightly uncomfortable because <laughs> uh, I find it just very challenging and interesting. If it's too similar to home, I'll be I'll just get bored. I mean, they do say discomfort is a sign of growth or something. Yes, or? but then there is a there is a balance <laughs> and there's a there's a fine line, and I cannot figure out figure out where it is. I don't think anyone can, um, and it's different for everyone. Yeah, that's true. If I think of my classmates, some people absolutely loved just China, and then some people that came up were like, "That was nice," <laughs> but it's that was enough for me. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I was I, I'm definitely the category of I love that I'm so ready for more. Mm. Uh, so. Is that what brought you to Taiwan? Yes. 
I mean, had a great time. And then when I was in Beijing, like I met loads of like English people as well, and they were like, "Oh my god!" Like I was in Taipei and I had such a great time. You have to go. You have to go. And I was like, "Oh, you know, like I've spent so much time in the mainland, but I don't know anything about Taiwan. Might as well make sense." And so I came in 2019 on holiday, and I was like, "It's nice, but I can tell that there is something I don't understand." Everyone was always like, "It's great," and I was like, "I mean, I can see why it's nice, but I don't think I've seen the Taiwan that they're loving yet."、Mm. Now that I've lived here. Now I do,、um, <laughs> but I think it's just because the pace of life is a lot slower here,、mm. whereas Beijing is just insane. Right. And so now that you're here, what do you like to do in your free time? So you're you study Chinese, right? So you're、mm-hmm. you take classes. Aside from your classes, what do you like to do in your free time? I love traveling a lot.、Um, I've noticed from your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? It's great. Yeah, I lo- I really love traveling. I love quite into film photography as well. Yeah, I, I spend all of my money on maybe like buying film and cameras because they break. So I'm hoping to also go into media as well, or、um, I say hoping to go into. I, I already have a lot of media experience, and at the moment I'm also working a lot of stuff. So all, everything I've done has always been broadcast. And at the moment I'm trying to venture into like writing、mm-hmm. stuff, which, different platform of media. Yeah, which、channel. even though my old job was writing, I'm realizing writing something that isn't script is very different. Which obviously I knew. You mean like creative writing?、Uh, not quite. Although I, I did that as a teenager, actually, a lot、oh. of that. I, like even a blog post is, is very strange writing long because I'm so used to like trimming things down and making things as concise as possible,、mm. and it's just not quite the same. It's it's just different. So to explain to everyone, in the past, what you worked for、um, a news、yeah. company. So so I worked as a freelance producer for a major news organization in the UK, and basically my job was find the clips that I'm going to use. Uh, and work with the reporter and make sure it all gets out on air.、Uh, and a lot of that did involve writing scripts, so not what the reporter would say, but what the presenters would say.、Mm. So whether that's kind of like the bit just before their report and making sure it all flows nicely, or just if it's like a twenty-second story on, oh, and there's this new thing that says X, Y, and Z, and then it's like this study shows that cumin is great at treating <laughs> cancer and arthritis or something like that. Right. And that's the kind of thing I would do. I feel like that's why probably because now you're when you first are writing now you're talking about writing for someone to read, but、yeah. before you were doing writing for someone to say. Yeah, and that's a very different format. Oh, totally. So when I write now, I'm like, this is like too simple. I hate it when you read something that's like this is too dense, or you're just trying to show off.、Mm. But it is different, and I feel interested and a bit like, why didn't I expect more of this? I knew that this would be different, but I didn't. You, you know, when you do things and you don't realize how different、yeah. it is. Yeah, that's an exciting new challenge. Oh, absolutely,、uh, really exciting,、uh, a little terrifying. <laughs>、uh, but you know what? There is nothing better than being thrown off into the deep end. So he's hoping. 首先，第一个问题是你来自哪里？阿妈说她是英国人，然后她父母是埃及人。晚一点我们会再聊聊这个对她的影响。接着我问她住过哪些国家，她回答英国、UAE、阿拉伯联合大公国、北京，然后最近就是台湾。我说感觉她这几个地方都非常不一样。她说气候差很多。我说对，而且台湾最近的天气真的让我很失望。我第一次遇到这么冷的五月，而且雨下不停，才走几步就已经淋雨了，真的很烦。接着我问他会几种语言，他说英文算是他的母语，然后他已经学了很多年的中文。他其实有考过一个中文测试，代表他的中文是流利的 （fluent）， 但他自己觉得还是会卡卡的。另外，他也会基本的阿拉伯文，也会一点法文。我问他跟他爸妈是用什么语言沟通，他说英文。我就接着问说，那他怎么学阿拉伯文？
。他说其实他也不知道，有时候就是听到妈妈讲电话啊，就会听到一些词啊等等。而且他说他住在 UAE 的时候也没有学到什么，因为那时候他身边的人也不是讲阿拉伯文，反而是回英国之后才开始了解一些。我问他，那他有没有上过阿拉伯文的课？他说他只有上读写。所以没有办法帮助听说，他说有点像是如果你今天学了国字，然后想要讲广东话，这是两个非常不同的技能。回到中文，我听过他的中文，我觉得他真的算是已经很流利、很厉害了。我问他什么时候开始学中文，他说2014年左右，总共学了五六年，因为中间有断过。我说这样，我觉得他已经很厉害啦，而且我觉得要讲中文很流利很困难。因为中文有一个好处是文法很简单，所以学会一些简单的沟通句子是蛮容易的。但是如果你要可以很流利的表达自己，我觉得很困难。我说，就连我有时候会觉得，我刚刚真的有听懂他说的话吗？之前我听过有人说，学中文的时候很重要的部分，不只是要会单字，你一定要认真听这个整个句子，你才可以知道这个情境跟语境。因为中文有很多字就是音一样，所以你要去听那个整个句子的意思，才可以确定你听到的是哪一个词。他说对，一开始他会不确定他是不是听错，还是他只是听不懂，还是他们讲的是笑话或是流行语。我说流行语真的很难学，因为我觉得网络世界变得很快，连我都跟不上现在的流行语。他说对，而且没有一个课本，我说只能在网络上学。阿妈说她读中文的速度很慢，所以如果要她就是上网去读一些文章啊，或是留言等等，她会觉得读完一点点她就很累。我说只要你读的不是自己的语言，其实我觉得都很容易这样，连我读中文也都会觉得特别辛苦。接下来我问她大学主修什么，她说中文和国际关系，所以当时她才会去北京。我说大二就被送去北京，感觉很快。如果之前没有学中文，等于只学了一年哎。但阿妈说她觉得这样其实比较好。大一的时候，他们学了差不多八百个词，但是大二在北京每天会讲七到八个小时的中文，所以学得非常快，可以把基础打得很好。然后回去之后，大三跟大四就可以阅读和学习比较困难的中文。他很推荐任何学语言的人都可以提早让自己有这个语言的环境。我说，但是可能还是要看个性吧，因为我觉得有些人如果被丢到这个环境，语言不通，可能会很慌。但他感觉很喜欢这种挑战。他说，对，有一点不舒服的感觉，代表有挑战。如果太简单或太舒服，他会觉得反而有点无聊。我问他，是因为北京的经验，所以他才会想来台湾吗？他说，对，当时他认识一些英国人，很推荐台湾，所以二零一九年他来台湾玩。当时他觉得好像还不错，可是他觉得没有感觉到真正台湾的感觉。每个人都说台湾很棒，但他好像觉得，嗯，为什么他没有体验到？所以他才决定搬来这边住住看。现在住了半年之后，比较觉得说，哦，原来台湾真的很棒。他了解大家对台湾的吸引力了。阿妈现在在台湾在学中文。我问他上课以外的时间，他喜欢做什么？他非常喜欢旅游，我说我从他的 IG 就看得出来，他很爱旅游。他也很喜欢用底片相机拍照，然后接下来他想继续做一些媒体。他以前的工作比较偏向传播，但他现在想学写作这种类型的工作。我请他补充一下。
他以前是在英国的一个电视新闻台当制作人，工作内容包含和记者合作、找影像、写脚本等等。但是这些脚本他是写给主持人念，所以以前他写的东西是让别人朗读，而现在他想要写的是给人阅读的，所以这个形式不太一样。这个对阿妈来讲也是一个新的挑战，所以他也很开心，很期待。那现在大家比较了解阿妈的背景，让我们更深一步的去听听看她的一些经验和故事。So now that everyone knows a little bit more about you, let's dive deeper into、um, your cultural background. So the first thing is that you are my first British guest. I mean, technically, I should be my own British guest because I am half. Half. I said half. 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 See, half. It's, See? Half. it's working. It's working. If I speak to you more, maybe I'll sound more British. <laughs> maybe that's it. I have to call you every day now and be like, I gotta talk to you. I gotta I'll, I'll be. I'll, I'll be your dialect coach. <laughs> that could be a job. It is a job, isn't like, it? No, but I mean, you could do that. Do you know how many people want a British accent? Really? Yeah, everyone's always disappointed that I don't sound British. Oh, really? It's like a thing. They're like, "You don't sound British," and I'm like, "Is that a problem?" They're like, "No, I'm just kind of disappointed." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> wow. Well, your voice is like who you are. It's like they're saying they're disappointed in you as a person. I think they just think like, "Oh, because I'm half British, half British." You went,、oh. I lost it again. Okay, half British. They're like, "You should sound it." Well, my first tip is a real Brit would probably say I'm half English or half Welsh or Scottish or wherever. Right. Okay. Half、um, English. But I'm technically a quarter English, an eighth Scottish, and an eighth Irish. That's a very American <laughs> way of putting things. I feel like everyone in the UK has like got an Irish grandparent. That's oh my god. That's,、uh, my name is Irish. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. So that's why I have an Irish grandparent. So that's a thing. I didn't know that that was a British thing. Oh, that's a very. There's、English、like six、thing. million at least. Really. Yeah, basically, Brits like kind of discriminated and did some horrible things to Ireland. But then there's like also six million Irish descended people. Have you seen the movie Belfast? I haven't. It's really good. Oh, anyway, off yeah. topic. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So, which British stereotypes are true and which ones are untrue? Which ones have you heard actually? Well, there's a stereotype amongst Europeans, especially that. Brits, they like to go to the beach in Southern Europe and then burn themselves to a crisp. So you'll often see Brits on a plane, very, very red, and they'll be very, very pleased about it. That's very, very true. I would say we are probably we pr- probably come across as quite polite and a bit indirect. We kind of think ourselves as quite awkward.、Uh, we do drink a lot of tea. Fish and chips is a thing. I'm not a huge fan personally. But that's quite often. You often see that in canteens on a Friday. So that's a thing. Is our food rubbish? Oh yeah, that's a common one. No. <laughs> I mean, there's good stuff and there's bad stuff, you know. There's like shepherd's pie is great. Shepherd's or cottage shepherd's pie. pie, exactly.、Um, Bangers and mash. See, I don't like <laughs> sausage, so I don't、oh, eat sausage. Right, that's fair. Yorkshire puddings. Yeah, I love Yorkshire puddings with mashed potatoes and gravy. Yes,、My、the gravy is the essential bit. There's a name for it, right? Where you have like the the big Yorkshire pudding, and then you have the there's a what is、oh, it called? They they start something、uh, frog, something toad. <laughs> Uh, toad in the hole? Is that what I don't remember. I think so. I, I didn't. I didn't really、it. grow up eating a lot of British food, so a lot of these things, like people will ask me, but I'm like, I have no idea myself. Right, because at home you probably were. Wait, did your parents cook like Egyptian food, or I, I guess it would count as such. They, it wasn't like very, very Egyptian, but it was more leaning in that direction. I suppose it was more just kind of. I guess actually, on second thought, I always never used to think about it, but I suppose it is more Egyptian. Really, it's just not.、Uh, maybe as like oily, was like ghee heavy. Is more traditional Egyptian food, but yeah, I, was, I guess so. Or just like a lot of pasta, actually, an unbelievable amount of pasta. Really,、uh, but that's that. That's still in like an, an Egyptian thing. There's like a way that they do it that I, I've never eaten it. It's like because there used to be a big Italian community in Egypt, 
Uh, and there was a lot of words and it, it was from dialects that come from French and Italian. Uh, and I know there were loads of Italians and Greeks in Egypt until I think the 50s and then political reasons that got pushed out, essentially. Um, Interesting. I don't really know much about that, except that they used to be there. So it affected the cuisine a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think even like the British Empire, because there's a famous dish called kushari, which is basically rice, pasta, beans, like kind of spicy tomato garlic sauce, and then topped with like kind of blackened onions. I can't remember if there's any more. But like that's the base. And apparently that actually comes from some kind of Indian cuisine and it came through like the British Empire oh. because Egypt used to be part of the empire at one point. Yeah, and I think there's a few other things as well. Cool. Did you ever eat beans on toast? No, <gasps> I don't get it. I love beans on toast. Really? Yeah. I remember when I moved to the UK, I was like, "What? what is What is this strange thing? that Everyone all... thinks I'm so weird when I talk about it, but I love it. I think it's weird. And then again, I think for me, it's also a nostalgic thing because my okay, grandma yeah, used to make it, you know? So like, it's one of those things where whenever I went to grandma's house, it would be like, yeah. do you want some beans on toast, love? And then, yeah, you know. <laughs> I guess food is emotional, so. Yeah. And so now whenever I have it, I just feel like it just tastes like. Oh. Yeah. But people okay. look at me weirdly. They're like, why? Why would you put beans on your bread? <laughs> and just eat it like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't quite get it. But then I guess I have the same kind of thing when I eat like Egyptian or like Arabic food in general. That I, 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 so I, I totally know what you mean. Mm. It makes you feel good. Yeah. It feels it's like home. It's comfortable. Thing. It's good for comfort eating. That's where the phrase comes from, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Because right? you eat for comfort. That's true. And you eat foods that make remind you of home or what you used to eat when you're young. Wait, so are there any stereotypes that are untrue? Because those are all true, you said. Uh, yeah, so those are all true. I don't know which ones aren't <laughs> true. It's hard to know what people think of us. Um, I'm trying to think what I usually hear. I usually hear things like, do we wave to the queen every day or something like that? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff where people are like, really interested. Most people don't family. care that much. Yeah. Or they're like, I would be a Republican, but the queen's all right. Yeah. I feel like people don't really hate her. Although then again, af- after everything that happened with Harry, I feel like things changed a bit. Before that, yeah. I feel like everyone was very neutral towards her. Mm. Well, how I personally see it is that the queen is like the one person that nobody disrespects really because yeah. at the end of the day she's an old woman and no one can deny that she has a lot of experience yeah even though she was kind of born into the position i wouldn't say she doesn't know what she's doing right and she doesn't particularly meddle mm. as well so I, th- I feel like a lot of people are perfectly happy to keep her around really right there, there are like some people that really Hate overly her? love the queen oh, lo- yeah um, i used to love her a lot of people and i'm in that camp that think that those kind of people are really weird i used to love her but I think that's just one of those things where it's like, it made me feel British. I suppose, yeah. And I suppose outside the country, she's a very British symbol. Even for us, I suppose, she kind of is. But I think most most people think that we think about the Queen a lot and we really don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, she doesn't do, she just kind of, no, she doesn't, she just walks around, like, even Prince Philip joked about it. And he's like, the world's, I can't remember what he said, something like the world's most famous ribbon cutter or something. Like, (laughs) he's very self-aware. Yeah. Um, Or he was very aware of that that's that's what he does yeah i guess they do stuff for charity and diplomacy and tourism she's just a symbol yeah i think she's a symbol of tourism kind of yeah they didn't do much really so you mentioned that you lived in the uae Mm -hmm. um how old were you when you moved i was just about to turn three oh okay so really young yeah what do you remember about your time there i remember that i loved it it was i remember it was very hot proper desert it's a lot hotter than egypt even though they're both desert countries yeah, I went to a British school, um, so a lot of the stuff that I learned was like kind of the same British teachers, and um, yeah, I just really liked it, kind of, and everyone was really nice, and I don't know, they were just very rosy memories for me. It just kind of sucked that there wasn't really like any nature that you could look at. I couldn't complain because I had a great time otherwise, but then I was also seven when I left. So. <laughs> when everything's still fun and... Yeah, exactly. You know. How old were you when you moved back to England? Seven and a half, so... 
end of 2004. What was it like moving back, having been away? Did you feel different or did it feel like coming home? I actually didn't really remember leaving. Uh, so for me, it was always kind of, oh, I'm from, like, quote unquote, from this place. But I have never really lived there. Like when I was younger, when I was a child, I used to think the entirety of England was called London. <laughs> um, I remember like meeting some people like at the at swimming pool once in Abu Dhabi, uh, and they were telling me that they were from Wales, and they kept mispronouncing it as Wheels. <laughs> so at the time, I felt very British, but honestly, I didn't probably know very. I mean, I had a British passport, but I didn't really know very much, to be honest. I you think. didn't feel very English or British. I mean, I suppose I felt more British than Egyptian at the time, but it would be strange. I don't know. Children don't really tend to have like self identity. That's true. We don't so. think about it that much. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And then so going back to England, was there a lot to adjust to? Oh, yeah, there was a lot. So I, I used to come like every summer. I used to go every summer back to the UK. It kind of did feel quite familiar. And I was like, oh, it's just this place. And I, you know, I always love coming back to this place. But I remember kind of, is that there is, a, and even at the time, I remember thinking there's a very big difference between visiting and actually living there. Mm. Uh, and I found out that British children in the UAE are very different from British children in the UK. For one, they're a lot less nice in the UK. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's yeah. a lot of bullying in England. Oh, yeah. I've heard it's actually slightly better than it used to be. Okay, that's good. But no, kids are nasty. But I suppose kids, all kids are kind of nasty in their own way. I do feel like, though, because you mentioned the British kids in the UAE, they're probably international, like international kids, we call them, like at yeah. international schools, you know. I feel like in international schools, there's a lot less bullying in general. I feel like because we're mm. all different yeah. and we all are a little more open-minded i feel like there's a from what i've heard and what i've like experienced myself there's a lot less bullying in international schools i mean i could believe that but i also do think that i did fit in a lot more there mm. uh so when i was a lot older i did have, kind of have like a strange like kind of identity crisis i was like i'm very confused about who i am and where i'm from mm. but there there were quite a lot of kids who were actually in the same position as me so like they had arab parents but they maybe were born in the UK. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, for one thing, they could all pronounce my name properly. <laughs> uh, and I didn't feel like the only... I mean, I'm not, I'm not... I mean, London's very diverse. I didn't feel particularly different. Mm. I think, in fact, the only th way that I felt slightly different to the other Arab kids was that I didn't really speak Arabic at the time, whereas they all, they all did. Mm. But apart from that, we were all very similar. A lot of them were like me, and they had Arab parents, but had a British passport because they were born there as well. Or, like, one of their parents were, had, like, had the passport and grew up there or something like that. So going back to London, you felt like you stood out more or you felt more different? Yeah, I think it was more that I expected because I was like, oh, you know, I'm British. I used to say, like, I'm half British, half Egyptian, which is, mm. I suppose, not technically correct because both my parents were Egyptian. But I remember going and thinking I'd fit in totally mm. and then going and found out, no, I like people would make fun of my name and things, but it was more so that it was their way of thinking was quite different. Mm. And a lot like sometimes the words that they would use or like slang words, I didn't know them. I can understand that, though, because I I'm, I mean, I'm also half Taiwanese. But when I came to Taiwan as well, I was like, oh, wow, no, I'm not mm. I'm not the same as a fully Taiwanese person or even yeah. someone who grew up here. You know, there, there's a lot, of, a lot of mindsets I think we, we grow up with and we learn based on our environment. Um, yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's never what you expect, I think. Yeah, being from a place is not the same as fitting in there. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. So we kind of already talked about it, but growing up with two cultures, when you did feel that there was, because you mentioned already that you did feel a bit of a culture clash and mm. um, identity crisis, how did you overcome it? Or how did you like, um, when that happened to you, what would you do? Honestly, I don't have a very good answer for this, to be honest. Um, which is, I think a lot of it actually, and I only realized when I was a lot older, that a lot of the struggles that I faced and kind of not quite understanding was because I didn't understand that because of where I'd grown up, as a result, I didn't understand people in the UK. So 
I kind of didn't really account for the fact that like, oh, it is a, that I am moving to a new country. In my head, it was like, oh, I'm just going back to where I visit every summer. I mean, I was a child, but no one had explained that like kids would be very different. Um, so I think a lot of the time I was just quite frustrated with kids there, really, and like the other people in my class. And that was kind of moving as a child. And then when I got older, it was actually more like I feel very British and I'm actually kind of realizing that my parents, even though they would say that they don't feel like they fully fit in in Egypt, how to me they're still quite Egyptian in their own ways. Mm. And kind of navigating that was really confusing because, again, I had no kind of manual. But I feel like I'm a lot more stable, <laughs> stable with that now. I think it's definitely a process that all third culture kids go through, like mm. that process of trying to be a bit of one side but the other and then, you know, finding a balance and then accepting the fact that we're just different. Yeah. <laughs> we just fit in everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Yeah. If you could go back to your seven and a half year old self to like warn him or like tell him, what would you what would you say? Do you think that would help? Ooh, <laughs> that's a good question. I thought of that. Put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, Do you think there is anything that can help, or is it just something that ever you just have to go through? You just have to experience it. Yeah, I do sort of think you have to kind of go through it. I suppose if there was anything I could tell myself, it's it gets easier when you're older. I suppose mm. it's totally normal because mm. I think a lot of the time I was like, I don't understand where all of this is coming from, right. uh, and there's a lot of confusion as well. And I don't think my parents had really like kind of. I don't want to say they hadn't thought of it, but kind of they didn't maybe well, explain it. They haven't experienced it themselves either. So no, not um, really. As you know, our parents might be more international because they've moved and they've lived in other countries, but mm. they're also not experiencing these cultures the way we are. So I think yeah. it's also something that they don't understand. They don't know how to help us either. So and there was a lot of things that I realized. My parents they're not really British. Yeah. Uh, so of course they won't understand because they've never been through it. Yeah. Uh, they've never been through the school system. I mean, they've both got British passports now, but at the, that time they didn't. Yeah. So we already mentioned that. You then decided to come to Taiwan to fully experience Taiwanese culture and to learn why everyone supposedly loves Taiwan. <laughs> um, so when you moved here last year? Yes, end of last year. So November 2021. Did you experience any culture shocks or were there things that you were like, whoa, I have to get used to this? Yes. And I mentioned this to you before, actually. I do not understand why Taiwanese people in the rain wear slippers. <laughs> I still don't understand People have explained. They've tried to explain. I don't know if I genuinely don't understand or I refuse to understand because I disagree. But I don't understand. I wore it. sandals today. Does that count? Yes. Because Any open-toed shoes? Oh, it's because, well, I can tell you what I did today. I was wearing boots this morning. And then I went home uh, after my class and then they were soaked. And my socks were soaked. Because last night it was also raining. So the, my pair of shoes that I wore yesterday are still wet. My shoes uh. from this morning are wet. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with sandals because then... I won't lose any socks. My feet won't like stay in these like wet socks Fair. all day. And my sandals will dry faster so I can wear something tomorrow. Fair. Have okay. I persuaded you? <laughs> Not quite. Um, no, the, the drying... <laughs> argument? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the drying argument is a new one. What did you hear before? It wasn't even a proper explanation. It's just like, why wouldn't you? It's raining. You mm -hmm. don't want to ruin your shoes. But for me, it's like, but the whole point is that they're there to protect your feet. <laughs> I feel like that's a kind of a Taiwanese thing, though. Whenever you ask Taiwanese people about Taiwanese habits, they don't know where they come from. So they'll just be like, mm. of course, why else? Like, what else is, yeah. you know, they don't always realize that this is a Taiwanese thing or like mm. they don't realize that there are other ways that other people do them. So they don't they've never thought about it. You know, they've never been like, oh, why do we do that? I would agree with that. But I would say that's kind of more of a human thing in general, because I'm sure there's a lot of things. People ask me and I'm like, I've never thought of that. 
That's a good point. But I suppose that's weird. I guess it's just if you have less multicultural interactions. Mm. You don't notice that these things are a cultural thing. Well, maybe it just doesn't rain as much as it does in Taiwan. It I, rains a lot in, Lon- in England, too. Honestly, London doesn't that much. I mean, I went to uni in Leeds, and Leeds rained a lot. Mm. But I feel like Taiwan, or at least this year, seems to rain even more. Yeah, I don't know. What, I honestly don't know what's going on with Taiwan this year, but it is driving me crazy. <laughs> Cli- climate change, probably. Probably. Like everything on climate change. Whether it's too cold or too hot. <laughs> you know what? It, unfortunately, it probably is, and I hate it. I know. Nothing we can do about it. My final two questions that I ask all my interviewees. The first one is, what would be your tip for someone who's learning a new language? So especially, I feel like you mastered Chinese really well. Um, Do you have any tips for someone who wants to learn a new language or is learning one? I would say mastered is a strong word. (laughs) I feel like a lot of people, when they've asked me personally, like, oh, what's your biggest tip? Or like, I find it so hard. I would say that the best way to learn any language is learn to fall in love with it, Mm. whether that's the culture or just learning the process of the language, or maybe you've just got some friends that you really like and you love being able to interact with them. Um, There is no need to, like, bore yourself out. There's no need to be frustrated that you just don't understand this difficult grammar concept. I think languages are really fun to learn. Mm. And I, through the process of studying Chinese, have learned so much about myself, so much about East Asia. And just I've been, I've had all sorts of, bizarre really fun and interesting experiences i would have never have had Mm. if i'd not learned chinese um so i would say just learn to fall in love with the language and learn to love to fall in love with the process Mm. and make sure that you're not being boring there's no need to do anything in a boring way have fun i really like that i like the the phrase as well like learn to fall in love with the language because yeah i think you're right we learn a language for a reason right we're not learning Mm. it for the sake of learning it um, or hopefully not. You're hopefully you're not just learning it for your CV, but you're learning it because you actually want to do something with it. And mm. if you have that goal in mind, and you know, then you're more passionate about it. Absolutely. And like studies say that like the best way to learn a language is if you're exposed to it all the time. Mm. And it's not like maths where you you know you can just grasp a concept and then you pretty much know it. Mm. Or I don't know, like in learning like the Krebs cycle in biology or something like that. Like you need to also keep reinforcing it anyway, no matter what you do. So like. If you hate it, then you aren't going to forget it. Yeah. But if you love it, then you're probably going to make it part of your life and then it will be a lot harder to forget. Yeah, I agree. That's really good advice. Um, And the last one is, I've rephrased it, but um, if you had one message to share with the audience, what would it be? (laughs) The world is both very big and very small. So have fun and explore it. We're all about to destroy the earth anyway. So like, (laughs) use this time and see as much of it as you can and meet lots of people and have fun like life is short you know like there's a point that everyone decides oh i want to settle down but if you don't want to have a midlife crisis i mean i say this as if i had midlife crisis but (laughs) for the record he's very young so there's no reason why you should be having a midlife crisis (laughs) but my point my point is is that like this is like enjoy your life life is not here to for you to just work and hate everything have fun as much as you can i agree I love it. One last request. I didn't Ooh, tell yes. you this in advance. Okay. Would you be willing to speak Chinese? I feel like, because <laughs> everyone keeps hearing me say that your Chinese is really good. They're going to be like, is it really? Because like, I keep, you know. Thank thank you. You. I don't know if that's a word. But yeah, I can say that. Yay, thank you. Amazon的第一位来自英国的来宾 
然后跟他讲一讲，就瞬间变成英式。补充一下，我最近很想要把我的腔调变回英式腔，所以我就跟阿妈说，他可以成为我的口条教练。我说他可以把这当一个副业，因为其实很多人想学英式腔，很多人知道我是英国人，听到我讲话的时候就有点失望，他们就会说，哎，为什么你讲话不像英国人？他说：“首先，第一步是要我要说自己是一半 English， 不是 British。”我说：“但其实我也有苏格兰和爱尔兰血统。”他说：“英国人几乎都是，所以通常不会强调这个部分。”拉回正题，因为阿妈是我的第一个来自英国的来宾，我想问他有哪一些英国人的刻板印象是正确的，哪些是假的？他说：“欧洲人很喜欢取笑英国人，很喜欢晒太阳，可是又很容易晒伤，然后整个人就会变得红红的。”他说：“但其实这个是真的。”也有很多人说英国人比较有礼貌，然后讲话比较不直接。他说这也是真的，但是英国人反而只会觉得自己很尴尬、很笨拙。他说英国人真的很爱喝茶，然后真的会吃炸鱼薯条。也有很多人说英国的食物很难吃。他说他觉得这个倒不是真的，像是 shepherd's pie、cottage pie、Yorkshire puddings、gravy， 我们就开始分享一些自己喜欢的一些英国食物。但是在阿妈家，其实她父母比较常煮的是埃及的食物，所以长大后她才开始吃一些英式的菜。阿妈说，埃及以前有很多欧洲人，包含意大利人，所以有一些菜有点融合东方和西方的菜。我个人很喜欢的一个英国菜是 beans on toast， 就是番茄鹰嘴豆配吐司。她说她觉得这个很奇怪，而且我身边的人听到都会觉得很奇怪，但我真的很爱。不过我后来想想，我觉得是一种怀旧的感觉，因为以前我奶奶会做这个给我吃，所以我觉得食物其实很常会让人想到一些回忆。阿妈刚提到的刻板印象，大部分都是真的。我问她有没有假的，我说我自己听过的，有一些人会问我说，我们是不是会每天和女王挥手啊？她说对，很多人觉得英国人超崇拜女王，但其实我们很多人对她就是蛮平淡的，就是没有到非常爱，也没有讨厌，就是觉得哦。他就在那边。阿妈觉得大部分的人蛮尊敬他，毕竟他活了那么久，也是有一定的知识，也不太干扰大家。但是也有一些人真的非常爱他。我说我以前也很喜欢他，但我觉得一部分也是因为我觉得爱他才代表我是英国人。阿妈说，毕竟他的的确是一个国际的英国象征，很多人觉得我们很常想起他，但其实也还好。前面阿妈有提到，她小时候搬去 UAE。我问她那时候几岁，然后对于住那边有什么感觉？她说当时才三岁。她记得她很喜欢那边的生活，虽然天气很热。她在那边上的是英国学校，所以老师很多都是英国人，内容跟她原本读的很像，所以没有觉得改变很多。她在那里的回忆都是开心的。不过离开的时候她才七岁，所以她觉得也许也是因为小时候生活比较单纯好玩，所以觉得那边很快乐。我问他经历了四年之后搬回英国是什么样的感觉，他说那时候每年暑假还是会回英国，所以他觉得这个地方很熟悉。可是拜访跟真的住在这边是两回事。他发现国际学校的英国小孩和在英国当地的学校的小孩其实差很多。我跟他说我听说英国的学校有很多霸凌的例子，他说对。我跟他说我觉得国际学校的霸凌次数好像比较少。也许是因为大家都有不同的背景和经验，所以思想会比较开放一点。阿妈说，她自己觉得也是因为她在 UAE 的时候，在那个学校比较适应，在英国的学校，她觉得自己有点像个外人，所以那时候也会有一种 identity crisis， 不知道自己属于哪里。而且她一直把自己想象成英国人，所以去到那边才发现，原来她不是完全的英国人
例如他的想法会不太一样，或是英国人可能会取消他的名字，不是英国的名字，或是有些流行语他不会。我跟他说，我可以理解这种感觉，因为我是一半的台湾人，但是我来住这边的时候，我也才发现，原来我跟当地的台湾人还是有很多不同的地方。而且我觉得来自一个地方和觉得自己适合一个地方是两件非常不同的事情。阿妈从小就拥有两个非常不同的文化的影响。我问她遇到这种 identity crisis 的时候，她会怎么做，或是怎么克服？她说她觉得这个很难回答，因为很多她的困扰其实只是因为她不理解当时的状况，或是她没有预期会有这些不同的地方。长大的时候，她慢慢开始摸索，她哪里像英国人，哪里不像英国人，然后了解之后，再渐渐的去接受。因为没有一个说明书可以一步一步教他怎么看待自己，所以只能跌跌撞撞的去探索。我说这是一个第三文化儿童必经的路程，去理解两边的文化，然后找到一个中间点，也接受自己就是跟别人不同，而这没有不好。我问他，如果现在可以和七岁的自己说说话，他会想说什么？他说他会告诉自己，长大后会比较容易接受，而且这是很正常、很常见的过程，不要担心。他也有提到，他当时来台湾，除了因为想学中文，也是因为他想知道为什么大家这么爱台湾。我问他去年搬来的时候有没有什么不习惯的地方，他说有一件事情一直很困扰他：为什么下雨天台湾人要穿凉鞋或拖鞋？我跟他说今天下雨，我也有穿凉鞋。我解释是因为这几天一直下雨，然后每一次下雨我的袜子跟鞋子都会湿掉，然后隔天都还没干。所以后来我就觉得很烦，干脆穿凉鞋，脚干的比较快，鞋子也干的比较快。他说：“哦，原来他之前听到的理由都是为了保护鞋子，但他觉得很奇怪，因为鞋子的用处不就是保护脚吗？为什么我们要保护鞋子？”我跟他说：“我觉得台湾人很常被问到为什么自己有一个习惯的时候，很难解释为什么，因为对他们来说这就是一个从小的习惯，他们也没有想过其他的方法，或是为什么他们要这样做。”阿妈说，她觉得所有人都是这样，对自己的习惯的来源都很不熟悉，除非自己有比较国际化的环境，才会去比较一些事情，才会发现自己哪些习惯来自文化。但是听完我的解说，她有稍微接受下雨天穿凉鞋这件事情。来到了结尾，要问阿妈，我问每一个来宾的问题，第一个就是对于想学一个新的语言的人，有没有哪些建议？他觉得最大的建议就是要学习爱上这个语言，无论是爱上这个文化，或是有会这个语言的朋友。如果你觉得这个语言很无聊，你会没有动力。他说学中文的过程中，他也学到了很多关于他自己，还有去到了很多亚洲的国家，也体验到了很多很棒的经验，都是因为他学中文。所以爱上语言和学语言的过程。他也提醒大家说，学语言真的是一个过程。你会了之后，如果不用它，还是会忘记，所以还是要常用。如果你很讨厌学习这个过程，你就会不想练习，久了你就会忘掉。最后，我问他有没有想对听众们说的话。他说：“世界同时很大也很小，多去探索和旅游，认识不同的人，然后享受人生。人生很短，要好好的去把握。”今天跟阿妈聊得很开心，一起讨论英国人的刻板印象，还有一些英国的美食，在两个不同文化中长大的影响，小时候搬家的经验，还有来台湾的心得，特别是下雨天为什么要穿凉鞋。最后也提醒大家，人生很短，要好好的去享受，快快乐乐的去度过。如果你也喜欢这个音频，请记得帮我们打五颗星，也可以在 IG 帮我们分享，记得泰国让我看见 ，Teacher Lydia Languages。
It was great talking to Ahmad today, discussing English stereotypes and English food, growing up with two opposite cultures, the influences of moving around as a child, and his experience in Taiwan, and why we wear flip flops in the rain. <laughs> it was also a great, wonderful reminder to everyone that life is short and that we should try to enjoy it as much as we can. If you also enjoyed this, it would mean so much to me if you'd give us a five star rating. And follow me on social media, TJ Lydia underscore languages. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you next time. 我们下次见喽。